This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Tyoprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, a snowy Monk's Bar and Grill, a snowy Madison, Wisconsin. That is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. Welcome in. We are a couple weeks away now, less than two weeks away from Wisconsin and the Oklahoma State backups in uh, a bowl game out in Arizona. Uh, and we still are, are seeing who Wisconsin will actually have out there on the field. Mr. Zach Heilprin was down at the stadium today. Uh, talking to players after practice. I ask you first, Zach, could a Phil Longo offense work in this weather we are seeing outside? What do you think? Is that going to be your new thing? It might be, at least until the snow ends. Do I, Luckily, I don't think it's going to have to. <laughs> but then again... <laughs> but that's the whole point. No, but you think about it. The playoff, like the semifinals or the quarterfinals, wouldn't that be this weekend? It would, yes. Yeah. So it could be this weekend. It's supposed to like dip into the like single digits. I don't think it's the I don't think it's the cold, but the wind and the snow and it being wet. Yeah, it, it might be a problem. So this is when I decide whether to continue it being a bit or to make it a real comment. I think you should make it uh, a bit until it actually plays out. I'm going to toe the line carefully, but I will say I doubt that to all of those Badger <laughs> fans that are very adamant about the team making the playoff when it expands to 12 teams and saying Fickle was brought here to get over the hump and make the playoff, and also says that this certain weather, Wisconsin just doesn't play in it. So when we bring, bring up a possible concern of, of what style of play, what, what type of team they are, I will say to those people that are adamant about making the playoff and also say that the weather doesn't matter, yes, I, I think you're spot on with that, Zach. Uh, they would be playing games at home, in theory, we hope, this coming week. So we shall see. But that's a good problem to have. If I'm concerned about whether Phil Longo's offense can work in six inches of snow in mid-December, it means they've had a pretty damn good season. It's, it would not. It would be the least of the, everybody's problems. Yeah, 100%. But I would go back to my previous tweets. And again, it is a bit. I don't think it matters. But All of your I, previous tweets? I, I, I'm just raising uh, the mild concern of what we could see down the road. So uh, let's talk I about... Gonna, I think I'm going to mute the... <laughs> The word weather in your tweets. Like, I think that's just that's just what's going to be. That's fair. Okay. Mute weather. Mute anything regarding the belt line. And you, don't, you don't usually tweet about the belt line, but yeah. But when I do, you don't like it. Yeah. And maybe mute when I talk about advanced stats and the previews of certain games. Uh, and also, and also, and also, uh, you stealing uh, the thing from Tom Fernelli. Tom Fernelli about the Brewers. Like, I, don't, I it's, it wasn't. It's not great with him. It's even worse with you. <laughs> no, I well, I was very adamant that I am I'm taking his bit I know, and applying it to you, the Brewers. But you need to like CC him every single time you do it. Okay, I did it the first two times. I will continue to do it. Okay, as it goes along. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to raise that concern. Um, so let's let's talk about what went on in the building today and what's been going on. Uh, we, you guys all spoke to Fickle on Tuesday. We discussed that on our show earlier in the week. But you did not see practice today. No. Bowl practice is happening. You spoke to players after. We did. And during the preseason leading up to the year, I would always ask for your big spring practice takeaway. And you're not going to have an outside linebacker down on the depth chart that you're going to talk about today because you didn't see them practice. But if I had to ask you your big takeaway from the building today, from speaking to everybody, what would it be? Mm. I think that 
continues to be like, and I'm not going to make too big of a deal of it. There was significant disappointment about Jim Leonard not being the head coach. Um, we, we heard that from John Torchio, um, who <laughs> quite famously said he'd be an idiot if he didn't uh, uh, hire him. And he was asked today if he got any blowback on that. He goes, no, no. Um, but that's it's how he felt. But he, he's very excited about the future of the program. We heard from uh, Muma Jong Meta as well, and, and he was very measured. You know, he, he, he understands how disappointed Jim Leonard was in not getting the job. Um, but he's moved on in terms of, you know, knowing what's best for the program. So it's a lot of that, I think, stood out. Braylon Allen talking about how Luke Fickle recruited him to come back, even though it wasn't really much of a recruitment. It was, you know, kind of like a little bit of blind faith. And this is where Braylon wanted to be. Um, I think there's a lot of things that go into that decision, but um, – he wants to. He wanted to be here. He wants to be a Badger, and and he believes that you know with Phil Longo and and, and Luke Fickle, it's it's going to be a positive. So, really, it's just a matter of guys um, being disappointed that it's not Jim Leonard, and the fact that it is Luke Fickle, uh, and they're excited. Losing a lot of good guys is what they said, and bringing in a whole lot of good guys. Yeah, and I, and I also say that um, I watched Luke. Fick, we got to talk to players. Luke Fickle and Jim Leonard, a conversation for at least 10 or 15 minutes after practice. And I, I imagine that is how a lot of this has been, a lot of conversation between them. And it seems like Jim Leonard is, you know, going with the role, going with the flow. And um, and Luke Fickle taking everything he has to say and, um, you know, and using it when he can. Which, I mean, I still think, uh, I think all of us on the outside, or I, speaking for myself and, and the fans, Look at the situation of bringing Fickle in and Phil Longo, reportedly not official yet, and maybe everyone else as, yes, there were great guys that were options, but these are great guys too. And that's where the excitement comes from. The Leonard thing, and coaches, if you ask Luke Fickle or the players, I'm sure, they have very defined answers. And you kind of know what they'll say when you ask what the dynamic is like. I look at Leonard, I look more so at the fact that a lot of the old staff is still there. With Fickle being there, kind of hands-off, and we know the guys that are coming in, some are already there, it still feels like a, a really weird dynamic to me. Oh, it is. I, and I think that they have at least acknowledged that, that it is a little bit weird, but those guys aren't there yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's still the old staff. Outside of Fickle, it's the same exact 2022 staff. And Bob Bostad, like, it's the same guys coaching on the field. Mike Trussell's not out there. Um, you know, uh, Colin Hitchler isn't out there. Mike Brown isn't out there. So it's not like it, it's not that different in yeah. terms of like on the field. And I tried like heck to get any of them to talk about the future. It just was not going to happen. They have they, they will not think about past October or uh, November uh, December twenty seventh in that bowl game against Oklahoma State. Like it's, I asked Tim Ray DK like how excited you'd be able to play in this this different offense. Like nope, just focus on December twenty seventh, Oklahoma State. That's all that matters. So, did you ask him whether he thinks the offense can work in the snow? I didn't. Uh, maybe that would be <laughs> that would be the next question, the next the next availability. We get a chance to. to Someone's got to ask but, it eventually. That's all I. That, I that's all ask, I ask. No, Phil Longo. Yes, exactly. It could be him. It could be anybody. But you Just, wanted to ask seriously. No. In a bit of a joke. Yes, exactly. Right. At, You're like. Eh, at least sixty five eh. of the que- At least sixty five to seventy percent of the question is eh. a joke. But thirty eh? percent is eh? I, like there could be a day. Yeah, we don't so, know that. No, we don't. No, a, a day could come up like Ohio State playing at Northwestern this year, where that offense, when it's those type of conditions, it's going to be a problem. But that's going to be a, how often does that happen? 
Not fact, often. Though, and though this year, Wisconsin games in November affected pretty heavily by the weather, and, and Graham Mertz probably affected pretty heavily by the weather. And I like, yes, the baseline of success recently is quite poor. So it's not as if they are trying to achieve a recent bar of great play against good defenses and bad weather. No, it's it hasn't worked, and that's why the changes were made. Um, I, and I will this might be out on a limb, but I might trust Phil Longo's offensive plan more in general than Ryan Day's. Speaking generally, oh, because you don't think Ryan Day's a very good coach. I don't. Yeah, he I don't. Just, he just um, has a lot of talent. Yes. Okay. Which I he had to bring the talent in, which is part of coaching. But when we talk about the on field during the game. And, and things of that nature. So I, when we talk about the practice itself, were you, were you all able to garner maybe who was there, who wasn't, or storylines from that when it comes to the game coming up and, I mean, who's gone from the program, who's back? Yeah, so how many of these guys, different guys declared for the draft that were actually seniors, right? Like there were a bunch of guys that did that, like Keanu Benton, Jay Shaw, Justin Clark. I don't know if Tyler Beach did it or not. I think he may have. Joe um, Tipman. Joe Tipman. Well, I mean, Joe Tipman was a junior. And then obviously you have – Oh, that were seniors. Know, yeah, Vince Beagle as well. So, like, those guys were there except for Jay Shaw. Jay Shaw was there. I was That was a little bit of a surprise. It was my understanding that he was not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, UW officials said that as of right now that is the plan, to play in the game. Michael Furtney, who was in the transfer portal for about, ten, what, a week and a half maybe? Not even. Yeah. Uh, pulled his name out. He's back. He was practicing. Marcus Allen – who put his name in the in the uh, in the portal in October? Left the team. Committed to Minnesota last week, or maybe the week before. Decommitted from them, and then essentially announced he was coming back to Wisconsin. He is not practicing yet. Um, it's my understanding he will not be back until after the bowl game, which I like. It I, there's a lot of weird like weird feeling things going on as transitions happen, but the Fertney thing, obviously, he's been with the team the whole season. And he was in the portal for two seconds he and then practice. returned. Right, yeah. right. Where And he stayed the course through the season as Paul Chris got fired and everything else happened. Right. Marcus Allen left in the middle of the season. To have him come back to play the bowl game and be there would be a little weird. Well, I mean, we saw the reaction from Jack Sitchie, right? We did, yeah. Uh, Bill so, and I talked about that last week. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get a chance to listen, but I imagine Bill was like, I kind of side with Sitchie. Yeah, he did. Well, it was a larger discussion about the transfer portal and how people in the building would react to those things. Um, my whole thing was I wouldn't have tweeted it. Well, he knows. I mean, that's why he deleted it. He wouldn't have tweeted it, but yeah. Yeah. But it, the thing with that is I, I was asking Rodas Johnson about it. Rodas Johnson from Ohio, so is Marcus Allen. He's friends with him. And he's like, and yet he still has to come back and earn people's respect after what he did. Um, you know, Chimray wouldn't even really discuss it. He's like, because he was – it's not official, official, um, you know, like being back. And if it happens, it happens. And, like, he's excited to have him back if it happens, whatever, that type of thing. It's like Ch- when I asked. Chimera, Chimera was very, very, uh, buck, uh, you know, buttoned up. Like, yeah. there wasn't much much there from him. It's like when I asked Greg Gard about the transfers coming in and it wasn't official yet. Yes, but a little bit different. Yes. Yeah. A little um, different. Yeah, there's no rules against these guys commenting about teammates coming back. There was a rule against Greg Gard commenting about it. Um, but. <laughs> Hand up, my yeah, bad. Right, 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 right. But I, I think you know it's different. Fertney's one thing, and Marcus Allen's a different thing. Um, they both can help them win. They both had a lot of. Fertney played a bunch more than Marcus Allen did, but I think Marcus Allen has a ton of talent. I don't think he's like he has the inability. He, he's not very good. 
Um, leaving in the middle of the season and then trying to come back in. Committing that, to a rival, yeah, nonetheless. I think, I think it's really, really tough. I think it is. I think it's really, really tough, and he's got. A, I think he's got a lot to earn back, I would say. Um, so it's probably good that he's not coming back with this particular group of Badgers, and you know he can start rebuilding those things if he needs to. I don't know that he needs to. Rodas Johnson said he did, but maybe he doesn't need to throughout the locker room. Um, rebuild some of those relationships. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, one of my favorite things of this time of year, Zach, is when we hear uh, many of the questions asked to the players are forward-looking. They're not just, what will this game look like? What's the rest of the season look like? It's more so young guys that could step up in the future. And this was the first time you guys have talked to all the players since bowl practices have started. And it wasn't only uh, in these practices who looks good, but in general, when we look to the future, who has looked good? And there was a name that was singled out. Zach. Yeah. Then uh, John Torchia was asked about it, and he said uh, Chris Brooks Jr., who is a, was a true freshman, a late addition uh, to their recruiting class, a guy who was originally committed to Yale, a bigger body. They actually said, said he can line up you know, maybe outside as wide receiver, but also can be like kind of a, um, an H-back style type of guy because he's that big. But he said he torched them all season on, on the scout team. So uh, John Torchio said they got torched by Chris Brooks Jr. And it was all season. Yeah. It wasn't just bowl practices. Yes. Because um, they've only had like four bowl practices. But it's a good, I mean, it's, that was one guy that stood out to him. Wide receiver depth, I, or just wide receiver talent in general. Because when we talk about how does Phil Longo's offense work to its best ability, is you have to have a lot of good options at that position. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at this, that tweet, or just that, that message to be like, oh, it's that time again. Oh. You know, we're going to start talking about guys that did this and did that in bull prep and who really cares. And Daryl Peterson hours. Pe- people freak out. Or that was spring. That was a spring. Uh, Daryl Peterson finished with two sacks in his last two games. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah, it, it, he was great in the bowl last year, I mean. I, that's what I'm saying is some of our hype going into last offseason was because we saw him in the bowl Yeah, but game. you made it seem like that he ended up not living up to that hype. Hey, he, he was fine. He, fin- he finished strong. He didn't become a starter. He finished strong. He did finish strong. I bet you, you, you know what? You're saying he didn't become a starter? Did he start against Minnesota? He might have started against Minnesota. He started against Minnesota. Is he going to start against Oklahoma State? Probably. He's going to yeah. start against Oklahoma State. Yeah, well, Nick Herbig's not playing. That was the, that was the whitest thing we've ever done in my entire <laughs> lives. Um, Gosh. But, yes, Ebo is here trying to hype up Zach and his, and his poor takes. Um, but, no, think about bowl part last year. It was Marcus Allen. It was Skylar Bell. Yeah. Skylar Bell had a breakout. I, I mean, that, to me, that qualifies as a breakout, what he did this, this year. This season? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Marcus Allen, we thought, was going to have that. He didn't. But a lot of people were talking about Skylar Bell last year. And so these these things do matter, even though some people may try to knock it down and and uh, think it doesn't matter whatsoever. I get I, I get genuine excitement from it because I like looking forward and seeing which players are maybe exceeding their recruiting ranking, which have developed a lot. Because we talk about this program and where has it fallen short the last couple of years. It's been development where sometimes there have been highly touted guys come in or even lower touted guys, three stars that normally in Wisconsin become better, like great players. We haven't seen that recently. So that's the excitement I get is I see a, a three-star Chris Brooks who, by the way, is 6'2". He's tall. 
And so, it's uh, not really that tall, is it? Well, I like tall receivers, bigger receivers. But Keontae he was a, Lewis, exactly six three. He was a three star. Uh, so the fact that he could be showing something and show that he could exceed whatever expectation recruiting wise, that makes me excited for the future. Yeah, that's what I like looking at during bowl practice. Right. So that was that was the other thing we learned, and then also Braylon Allen healthy uh, has gone through a couple practices this week. Expects to play in the bowl game, and obviously dealing with the shoulder and the, the ankle injury, but he wants to play, and so there's that. Ches Malusi wearing a no-contact or a non-contact jersey, so we'll see if that matters in the bowl game. Probably not, but they're going to get a lot of carries, you would think, considering no Isaac Arendo. Do we know yet who is starting at quarterback? We don't. Are Is that an angle that will be possible, or will we find out the week of? Because the way I look at it, and this is just pure fan optimist perspective, I really want to see what Miles Burkett looks like. So and I'm what? excited for the opportunity to maybe see it against a defense that's down a lot of their big contributors in Oklahoma State. A lot of guys have entered the portal. I would love to see what Miles Burkett has, not maybe to say, oh, that's the starter next year, but he's young to see what he has and what he maybe could be down the road. The only thing that would can, that would say, eh, I don't know if we're going to get that, is because Chase Wolf came in when Graham Mertz got hurt, right? And he came in when... Graham's helmet fell off, and he had to go in for that one play. So I, I kind of feel like Bobby Ingram, if it's his decision, and it sounds like it's going to be his decision, will go with Chase Wolf. Because who does Bobby Ingram care about next year? He does not. No, because he ain't going to be here. Right. So uh, th- I would think so, especially just let the senior go out with, with one one start in his career. Something be better that. than what we saw at the end of the Minnesota game. But that wasn't his fault. No, it was not at all. But, you know, it, it was a general disaster from top to bottom. Uh, the, he did not commit those penalties. No. Or, yeah, the, the end was just nutty. But it, something to build, like something positive, because that clearly was not. Yeah, me personally, I would definitely much rather see Miles Burkett than Chase Wolf. I, I hope they play all the young guys. They're not going to, but I, I wish they would. Yeah. I got as much as I like enjoy watching John Torchio play football, I don't really need to see John Torchio play football again. I wouldn't mind seeing Hunter Waller and Kamoe Latu play the entire game at safety, uh, or even Austin Brown getting in there. You know what I mean? Um, and at, at uh, I guess they don't even really have that many more seniors. I was just like, just like and I don't want to see. Yeah, I mean they don't really have that many other seniors that you could just say, oh, they don't throw them out put these guys in type of thing right right all right yeah so when we come back zach i want to talk about the quarterback position and youth and maybe what we can learn about what we've seen at wisconsin what we've seen under phil longo what what we could see next season how how that can inform how we enter the year uh because yes we could see miles burkett in the bowl game but but he's young and uh, many have wondered why his name isn't brought up as much as others when it comes to being the starter next season so i want to talk about the quarterback position in general wondering that uh, people might mention callers into the radio show I work okay. on. All right. Uh, so, so we'll discuss that when we come back. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. We're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Packers play here on Monday. Come by, get a burger, $15 domestic beer buckets. Five beers are in it. So bring some friends. Enjoy what should be a Packers win here at Monks Monday night. But come here throughout the week. Got, got game day specials. Uh, also have happy hour specials going on almost every day. When we return, we'll, we'll talk about the quarterback position. We will get into recruiting. A lot more to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. 
Kenny and Heil Print. We're live for Monks and Sun Prairie. Find a Monks location across the state. This place is great. Place to watch football during the weekend. Place to watch Badger basketball coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. Wisconsin and Lehigh. 22 and a half point spread. We'll, we'll touch on that game a little later on in the show. I wanted to get to this, Zach. Uh, the quarterback position at Wisconsin. So, obviously, Graham Mertz was thrust in too early. I think everybody can agree that it was not the most ideal situation with when he started playing. With really? that, like Jack Cohn would have been the starter in 2020. I think Mertz would have been best set to start the next year. But I, I say all that to say you don't usually see super young guys start at Wisconsin. It's not like Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley or USC or Bama where you see these five-star, amazing, bona fide first-round picks come in and play. What? What are you saying? There have been a lot of freshmen? Quite a few, quite a few freshmen have started games. No, I mean start Jack, this season. Start this. Open the season to starting quarterback. Correct. Okay. All right. That's what I mean. So, so when we talk about what we could see next season, that's why I've been talking about Nick Evers, the four-star from Oklahoma, and thinking like, like, yeah, he has a lot of potential. I think he could be a really good quarterback in the future. But I wouldn't be excited about him being the starter next season. No experience. Really young. We just haven't seen a track record of those guys at Wisconsin succeeding. Um, and that's why Brennan Armstrong really appeals to me if it somehow could work. Now, uh, when it comes to Miles Burkett, like, yeah, he's been in the program longer going into next year than anybody else. But uh, people reach out to me on Twitter. Pe- people throw out there, why, are, why does it seem like we're discounting what he could do next year or with the program? I don't think we are. I just don't bring up his name often because – I don't think that at this place it works necessarily to have a guy that's that young come in and succeed. It hasn't really happened. I mean, Graham Mercer threw five touchdowns in his first game, so there was there was some success there. I don't want to revise history, but Illinois had no interest in guarding anybody. Okay, all right, all right, all right. There were some dime throws in that game. There some were a dime, few. No, there were some. There were yes, um, why, but he was the highest rated recruit look, was, ever. Look, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, if they get Evers, he'll have been the highest rated. He'll be the highest rated quarterback Wisconsin's had since Graham Mertz. It's um, a great stat. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you got to play. Obviously, the guy that's ready, and they, and they will. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and say Miles Burkett can't be that guy. I don't think he will be that guy, and I don't think he's ready. But I'm not going to sit here and say he can't be just because of his age. If he's the best guy, he's the best guy. You, they need to help that quarterback room, and, it, and I, I think we both agree that it, it has to be more than Nick Evers. But I think if Nick Evers is the guy, that's going to be the guy. Like that's in terms of one that they bring in out of the transfer portal. That's just that's just what it's going to be because you're probably not going to get a kid like that who wants to play to come in, and then you have Brennan Armstrong. We talked about this on Tuesday, and the more I thought about it, it's like, eh, probably not. That's probably not going to be the case. He, Brennan, Ar- Nick Evers doesn't want to sit. He he sat last year. He was probably he was never going to play at Oklahoma likely because of the the five-star kid they have coming in so when you do that you can't bring in an experienced guy along with him so it's going to be one of those two and it's it's unfortunate but it's also the situation I think they're going to find themselves in so we are going to be talking about Miles Burkett because they think he's going to be in the competition yes if it's between Burkett and Evers then I will 100% talk about him as one of the big options because they will be in the same point, in theory, in their college career, 
with very limited on-field experience. Very limited on-field experience and entering into a new offense at the same time. Right. An offense that is supposed to really help quarterbacks develop. Kiss. And, and cater to them. Kiss. So what, is that? what does Kiss stand for? I, I, I don't know. Keep it simple, students. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay. There are a lot of iterations. I, I guess I wasn't told that as really? a youngster. I don't know. Hard to say. Um, <laughs> but but when we talk about the Longo offense, like I I like whatever's could be in the system because he has so many years left where we could see year upon year development. I'm just not going to be very confident in the team winning a lot next season because I won't know what he'll look like. I don't know what it'll be in a new system, as you said, in a new offense. And I would say the same about Burkett next season, where they're kind of in the same place in my mind of we don't know what they'll bring. They both have a lot of eligibility left. So in theory, down the road, I would I would love to see those guys start. When it comes to winning games next season, as we transition and as everything starts over, if it's one of those two, I wouldn't be that excited. That's, I guess, why his name has been kind well, of pushed down. Well, what's been pointed out to me a couple of different times, and I agree, is the fact that look at Phil Longo's quarterbacks at North Carolina, the ones that have succeeded. Sam Howell, freshman. Drake May, freshman. So it's not like it can't happen in this offense. So my my only thing to say back to that is both of those guys were surefire top 100 quarterback prospects so is nick evers in the country he was the number four dual threat quarterback in the country oh i i meant quarterback overall but i guess that doesn't matter as much he was the top 150 guy in the country 172 yeah but no i see what you're saying i agree with with the thought that um phil longo's offense in theory could tailor to that i guess when it comes to drake may I view him a little differently. He was more of a top, top yeah. quarterback recruit and will be a surefire top five draft pick. That's what people were saying about Sam Howell after his first year, too. And, yes. That he didn't had, happen. He ended up going in, what, the third round? But yeah. um, he was a guy that we saw have a lot of success early. So the track is there. Uh, you could also bring up the fact that uh, we hope at Wisconsin there is enough around the quarterback to bring that out. Where, yeah, right. At North Carolina, and that's the big variable we're discussing with the Longo offense, what does it look like or w- what players will be in it? Because when you look at the successful Carolina offenses, you're talking about NFL guys everywhere. Well, and especially, but I mean, the first two years that Howell was there, a lot of it was the running game and the running backs. And you would think, I don't know, maybe you don't think this, is Braylon Allen a, a NFL running back? I think he could be. Okay. So he's not a uh, so he's not a high he's not as high level as Javante Williams. Williams and, I don't think so. And who was the other guy? The um, Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Who guys that were not drafted in the first three rounds? Or where was Javante? Williams? Javante Williams was drafted high. I think in the second round, second round? or third. Yeah. Carter was lower. Yeah. So again, it depends. Are they going to have the same talent? No. At least initially, with what they have right now, I think they have are going to be able to figure this out though. I think the offense can work without elite talent. Maybe not the, at the same level North Carolina's did, but it can, it can operate it at a high level. And I think they are going to have a better offensive line than North Carolina did, certainly on paper. Yes, uh, and, I mean, you talk about one storyline from practice that you tweeted out and I saw out there that Tanner Bordellini has been getting work at center. Our guy, Tanner Bordellini. Yeah, friend of the show. Friend uh, of show. Noted uh, news breaker yes. on the show. That's a move when you mention what the line could look like. I think that's why Fertney returned 
pretty quickly, uh, there could be a job for him to win. And playing time's important. It could be more important than anything when you look at guys in the portal and why people go. But you talk about Bordellini at center. I think that works well. Well, we, and we talked to him, and he said he doesn't really care where he plays as long as he's on the field type of thing. But I think he can be a solid center. And had Joe Tipton not come along, he probably would have been the center the last few years. It's where he played as a freshman, true freshman in 2020. And um, I mean, he can play pretty much anywhere on the line. Well, entering last he season, he was the backup at center this before past, injuries, this right? This past season, yeah. 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 Uh, but he was also, we also thought he was one of the five best, and he ended up being one of the five best, and he got on the field and, and will start. He's going to start no matter where it's at, whether it's at center or guard. He's going to start next year. So um, he's just that versatile type of player. But, yeah, I, I like him at center. I do. Yeah, the good good offensive line definitely could. Like, it, the ideal thing would be Jack Nelson, Joe Brunner, Tanner Bordellini, um, Trey Wedig, and ride them all. Or maybe you, find somebody, maybe you find somebody different at right guard if, if Trey Wedig maybe is better as a tackle. I don't know. There have been some people that think that. Maybe, he's, maybe with this new offensive line that maybe needs a little bit, little bit quicker, maybe they need to be a little bit smaller, maybe things will change. Oh, but, this is good. You don't get this talk anywhere else. Nowhere else are you in bowl <laughs> practice for the 2022 season, and you're talking about what the line could look like Because that's year. what matters, though. Like, even, even in this new offense, what, what has been the biggest, one of the biggest issues these last three years? The offensive line. Yes. The yep. inability to move people. And I don't, I'm not going to put all the blame on them. But there have been individual breakdowns. We saw it against Iowa a number of times, Trey Wedig especially. Like, it has, like the offensive line has to play at a high level if the offense is going to be any good. Well, it's been the inability to consistently move people against good defenses. Well, against good defenses that are stacking the box. Yeah, and that's been the difference. And they, I don't think teams are going to be able to stack the Stack the box against this offense. Which which is huge. Um, you, you talk about what has to change. I mean, this offense has been good the last two years against poor defenses. Graham Mertz played well. Yeah. They, they scored points. It's when they were met with a good a good defense Excuse me, that stacked the box. That's when the struggles came. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to the bowl. Maybe Bordellini is at center, and we get a preview of it. Just a lot of little previews yeah. for next season all around the field. What Our, I, th- I thought that was interesting, Lou Figgle said, this is what it's going to be. This is what bowl games are going to be. It's essentially a peek into what your team could be next year. Yeah, which is kind of – I don't man, I don't hate it. I mean, that's outside how I – Outside of the big bowl games, I don't hate it. Well, that's how I kind of view it anyway. And always? That's all. That's always the way you viewed it? Well, when the play – well, when I look forward to like, – What about when the BCS was in place? Is, this, that's not, is that how well, you – Well, no, that was when bowl games mattered, but then <laughs> things changed. Um, but when we talk about the playoff expanding, yeah, it's like these, these games are ways where people will opt out or people will transfer, and, and you see glimpses into the future, which I'm excited for. I just wonder if the offensive line can be the, the reason it succeeds in the snow under Phil Longo. That could be the difference there. We're really talking. All right. Ooh. That's Zach Halperin. He's about to go to sleep. I'm Ben Kenny. We're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. When we come back, uh, there have been some big recruiting wins for Luke Fickle and company. We talked about some on Tuesday, but there were a couple after that. I want to talk about what it means. I want to talk about everything that's going on with the coaching staff uh, because it's a crazy time in the sport. So we'll hit that next. Again, live from Monks in Sun Prairie, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in, Kenny and Heilprin. 
Zach Halpern, Ben Kenny, Monks and Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State in two weeks. When we look to the future of the program, though, Zach, Tuesday we spoke of the first good news to come in the uh, recruiting world. Four-star athlete Braden Moore, safety, flipped from Cincinnati, committed to Wisconsin to follow Luke Fickle. Three-star cornerback Jonas DeClona did as well. Jesse Temple is a great piece on on DeClona and on Fickle and recruiting in the athletic. I urge everyone to go and and read it. Since then, though, they also got commitments from three-star linebacker Christian Allegro. Allegro? Allegro? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. We'll learn. We'll learn. Three-star tight end Tucker Ashcraft as well. The class is now 12 commits up to number 59 in the country. Uh, I, I guess... Like, these aren't monumental no. recruits coming in. Two of them were from Cincinnati. So that is, that's a flip that you could see is easier. And if you read Jesse's piece, you see how it happens. The other two are lower-ranked recruits. But what is it? I, I mean, I think the ween, these wins mean more than they would if this was a normal setting in a normal year. Because I, I think it's impossible to overstate how crazy this time is for coaches. Why else? Yeah. Where you're Luke Fickle, you are kind of helping with bowl prep you are going on the road to recruit your 2023 class you're throwing out some feelers in 2024 you're recruiting the portal you're still figuring out your staff all this stuff happening at the same time he has to be in like six places at once this like this era this time mid-december bowl season in college football is so different than when it used to be right you you talked about the two cincinnati kids right yes and, and how that's pretty easy yeah it wasn't easy to get them to commit to Cincinnati. Like, I, I'm not looking down on them for bringing them from Cincinnati and making it, oh, well, yeah, of course, they're from Cincinnati. Of course they're going to come with them. Yeah, but they got them to Cincinnati first. Like, yes. they're, they're good players. Well, I say it to say, when we talk about getting recruits in, if I usually see a four-star safety from Ohio, I would be over the moon. Like, oh, that, that could be a really good get. The fact he was committed to Cincinnati, I guess, is saying, like, it's not as if he just went into Ohio and instantly got a commitment. Not to discount the work, but he was already committed to Fickle. Yeah, and it, pretty, it says something about Fickle that he was able to come to Wisconsin. You're right. In other words, it's not just about Cincinnati. It's not just about that school and about him being in Ohio and being able to play in Ohio. It's being able to play for Luke Fickle. Yeah, you're right. So, yes, I mean, it, this is a very difficult time. Uh, and you're right, it has changed significantly, and you're having to recruit your own team a little bit. We mentioned that earlier with Braylon Allen. And trying to keep some of these guys, and we heard about it at the transfer portal. Like every you have guy, guys recruiting the portal. Yes, but also we also heard them recruiting their own guys in the portal. Yeah, like the like the Wisconsin guys who went into the portal. As long as they'll still talk to Wisconsin, Wisconsin's going to keep on talking to them, like trying to get them to come back. Now, two of those guys have obviously Marcus Allen and Michael Fertney. Graham Mertz ain't coming back. Uh, we've seen other guys commit elsewhere. I think all the other guys outside of Isaac Arendo. They're all at Michigan State. <laughs> are committed. Uh, Samar Melvin and Jalen Franklin have ended uh, up at Michigan State. Um, Reggie Pearson's in the portal, too. I saw someone is, throw out Michigan State as a possibility. As a possibility, yep. Reggie Pearson, who just think about their safety room, how good that safety room was Man. with all the guys that they had. But either way, uh, it is it, – it's – yes, this is a much difficult – more more – difficult time than it used to be for a head coach changing teams and usually you would never have this guy changing teams in december because the signing period used to be obviously in february you didn't have to worry about that you could go do your bowl games you could do all that stuff the transport didn't exist and you'd have a normal december that doesn't exist anymore and fickle's having to deal with that but it's so valuable the fact that 
they're having this staff that's on the field coaching team, coaching the team, right? And Fickle has a little bit to do with that. But they have all the rest of the staff just out there recruiting and on the road. And, and it's kind of like they have a double, not completely, but kind of like they have a double staff here working angles to get uh, everything in place. That's a really good point, um, I, especially when you talk about building a foundation because it's going to be a developmental program. That's what Fickle has excelled at. And he's also been really good at identifying like Wisconsin has made a mark on identifying guys that are under recruited or understarred, and then they turn into really good players. Fickle's done the same thing. So when we talk about two lower three-star guys, one from Connecticut, one from what is it, Washington? Um, it's it, it's not just that they're lower star guys. It's that okay, but they're going into a program that's still under a new coach that has not been at Wisconsin before. This is still a program where you expect to see them develop. And you expect that to at least have an uptick with the new staff and the new coach and everything else going on. As a connoisseur and as a historian of Wisconsin football as you are, can you tell me the other player from the state of Washington that Wisconsin has recruited? Can I look it up? No. I have no idea. Because Tucker Ashcraft is the second guy that they have. I don't know the first. Yeah, you would never get it. It's Walker Williams. He was an offensive lineman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he was, yeah, he was. You would have been very impressed if I did pull that out. I would, but yes, you're going to ask. You were going to ask about. We talked about it. Well, yeah, yes, for the show about that. And one so, more point on the recruiting. Okay. Where I, I said on Tuesday, I'm going to get more excited for secondary guys under Fickle because that has been a place he's had success, where we've seen three star guys become NFL studs. So when I see a four star safety from since uh, that was at Cincinnati. Uh, follow Fickle, and then another three-star corner. Like how Wisconsin has always recruited linebackers that became studs that were three-stars that have outperformed their recruiting expectation, that's what I'm looking at with the secondary. That when I see Fickle go after and grab a four-star safety and, and maybe a four-star corner, that will uh, that'll ring a bell in my brain of saying, okay, that player could become really impactful because that's what he's done in his career. Well, and where has Wisconsin routinely or – I shouldn't say his, I should say historically struggled when it's some of the best programs when they're at the highest level when they're playing Ohio State where do they usually struggle the secondary they struggle on the, on the outside yeah they struggle at wide matching receiver matching up with the athlete yes they struggle at wide receiver getting open and they struggle with covering guys so if that's... they can figure out a way to get some of those lower rank guys and and obviously Braden Moore is not a lower rank guy he's a four star kid. You know, to be able to match up and, and coach them up and develop them up to be able to play it with those Ohio States, when, then you, maybe you have something. Maybe you have something cooking. But that's when the ceiling rises, when you talk about a Braden Moore, when you talk about the four stars, where people might be listening to this and saying, oh, Ben, I thought you were so negative. I thought you thought Fickle couldn't bring in great teams. And that's far from the case. I, I know how great he is at developing and identifying and getting a three-star guy and turning him into a really good player. But you see the ceiling change when they get the higher-rated recruits and the higher-rated athletes in, and then they are able to develop them, that's when you see things change. Yeah. So that's that's hopefully what is to come. Uh, I, I hope we see more across the board, not only in the secondary, but across the board. All right. Uh, y- you know what? Let's let's do this real quick. Uh, friend of show, Andy, put out on Twitter the best commits or recruits that Wisconsin has ever gotten from each state. Maybe the best players from each state, right? It was – the best players from each state that have so, played at Wisconsin. So that's where the Washington thing came in. 
with this tight end possibly being able to supplant uh, Walker, Walker Williams, Williams yep. who's already there. The other discussion was who is the best player to come from the state of Wisconsin. Now, the two big these are all, this was all opinion by Andy. This is him saying these are the best players from this particular state. This yep. was this was his take. So a poll was thrown out there because people took issue with th- Melvin Gordon being the player from Wisconsin as opposed to Joe Thomas. I don't have an opinion on it aside from the fact it seems like a who did it for longer and who was more impactful in the small sample size and was really impactful. It's not even a small sample size. I mean, well, it wasn't a tiny sample size, but it wasn't like a, a four or five. It wasn't I, a four-year starter, and, yeah. and neither was Joe Thomas. It was a three-year starter. So either, uh, either way, the, a lot of people said Joe Thomas. A lot of people said Melvin Gordon. The poll, shockingly, somehow 50-50, uh, over 800 votes, 50-50. I went with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's the best running back I've seen at Wisconsin, and I'm even I'm wow. I'm I'm, OB, I'm all, and I'm okay saying that even wow. with throwing Jonathan Taylor in there. Barry Alvarez said Melvin Gordon was the best running back he had seen, and this was obviously before Jonathan Taylor. But Melvin Gordon, what he did in 2014 with Joel Stave and Tanner McAvoy as his quarterback, <laughs> um, <laughs> with no pat, with very little passing game, with everybody knowing exactly. With Joel exactly. Stave not being able to Stop pass it. a lot Stop is it. what he was Stop trying to it. say. Stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Uh, with what he had out there, with everybody knowing what was coming, it was like this year where everybody knew what was coming and Wisconsin couldn't run the ball. Then they ran the ball. Melvin Gordon, what he did in 2014 with 2,587 yards, 33 total touchdowns, amazing. He had 1,600 yards. As a sophomore playing with James White, he had 700 and averaged 10 yards a carry as a sophomore behind Monte Ball and James White. Like, if Joe Thomas was playing behind guys that went on and, and got drafted, okay, but he was able to step in and, and play left tackle and was awesome at left tackle. He was great. But what he was able to do, in my opinion, what Melvin was able to do based on the, everything that was in there was slightly, slightly better. Melvin carried an offense for an entire year. Joe Thomas was awesome. Joe, Melvin Gordon carried an offense. Yeah. Well, Joe Thomas's NFL career has also been but obviously that, but more But it doesn't deca- matter. No, but that's my point. It's been more decorated. There could be a chance that that seeps into people's sure. remembering who but, was more right. impactful. But and this again, was not. that was not what this was supposed to be about. Yeah, I don't have a, a strong take on it. Uh, I will say, as someone who followed college football closely, watched a lot of college football when Melvin Gordon was at Wisconsin, I was not physically here. I would say Jonathan Taylor's the best, but I could be I, I I'm not gonna stick to that if someone is passionate either way. Um, so that's that. Uh, I, I urge everyone to weigh in on the poll. Uh, it is done. On Twitter. Oh, the poll's done? Yeah. Well, uh, continue the argument in Andy's <laughs> mentions. Uh, let's have some fun with it. All right. That is that Kyle Print. I'm Ben Kenny. When we come back, we'll talk Wisconsin Lehigh, which is tipping off in about twelve, thirteen minutes if you're traveling down to the game. We will also talk about the beginning of bowl game locks. I have a somewhat commanding lead after a strong close to the season over Zach. Uh, he is he is dealing with it. He is struggling to pick winners. So we'll pick a couple of the games coming up this week uh, in bowl season. We're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Stay right there. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin, the Badgers in action. Coming up in about 10 minutes at home against the Lehigh. 
they visit. It is a 22-and-a-half point spread, Zach, uh, for those driving to the game. Enjoy it. The question I will ask you is, I, usually when I ask if Wisconsin's going to cover, it's a uh, are they going to play well situation. But here, given what we've seen from the team, every game is close, or pretty much every game is close. Yeah. It's a 22-and-a-half point spread against a team that figures to be somewhat outmatched by you. They're in the 300s, as we talked about on Tuesday in Ken Palm. Does Wisconsin cover the 22-and-a-half? Are we talking about a domination tonight? I'm going to say no to the 2022. Excuse me, what was it? 22-and-a-half. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to them beating them by double digits. I would go mid-teens as well, Uh, which I guess (laughs) if you you opponent adjust – that might, that might count as a one-possession win. Right. <laughs> um, I'll get the analytic people on that. But uh, is there anything you're looking for specifically? Yeah, win by double digits. Well, I, from the don't, players? Don't, don't play a close game. Feels like a big uh, big Connor Asijan night. Yeah. Feels like one of those nights where because the opponent's bad, the opponent, guard's not going to get on him for taking bad shots because the opponent now, sucks. Like, he, the thing is, he can't get his own shot. He can't get his own shot, you know? So he has to have help to get his own shot or to get a shot. Some people don't think that. Like Ebo, Ebo thinks he can get his own shot and should be given the ball at the end of games as opposed to Chucky Eppern, which is which is fine to each his own. But, yeah, Connor could have a big game. Connor is fantastic. Connor is awesome to watch. I love watching Connor teach Yeah, he is. He the is, shot, it's so quick. It gets up so fast, and it's just usually it's going in. But he's been amazing the second half of games. He is what we wanted Tyler Hero. He is what everyone thought Tyler Hero would be. I mean, he's not he's not that <laughs> level. Like, speaking of being able to get your own shot, Tyler Hero can get your own shot. Yeah, but Connor, he's, he's Tyler Hero without the athleticism. Who's to say Connor is not just, you know, a little less far along? He's not as far along. That's what that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, um, And he's a better dude, apparently. Well, would, would appear to be a better team. That's not hard. Uh, Jordan Davis, too. Could be a night for him where I feel like he excels against mismatches. Do you where when another team is athletically challenged, like we don't know Lehigh, Lehigh might be. I don't, I don't I know mean, that. I mean, if it's a 22-and-a-half point spread, I expect. That is a I good expect. league. That's a good league. Wisconsin's played teams like that in in the tournament. We saw it last year with Colgate. Those They got some dudes. Lehigh, analytically, not great this year. But they're they, Greg Gard talked about how they haven't played as well as they they thought they were going to be. I think they were picked to finish third or fourth in the conference. All right, I'll retract this statement, but still say they stink. I uh, I feel like Jordan Davis against bad teams could play well because those are I uh, you know, I feel like rebound big, buckets. I feel like it's a big game, big game for Jordan. Uh, excuse me for uh, Stephen Crowell night. I'm feeling I'm feeling that. Okay, he's, he's been coming on of late. Dude's got 17 assists in the last three games. I think I think tonight's a Stephen Crowell night. The franchise, I, I think, is what is Stephen Crowell. He, he feels like the Big team. Steve. Or as our buddy up in lacrosse said, uh, Grant Bill said, uh, he's Thor, which makes no sense. Which I'll let him have that take, but uh, no we'll see. He's, he's not listening to this. He's not on. So, so no, that's bad. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Lehigh coming up at the Cole Center tonight. Uh, all right, real quick, Zach, bowl game locks. Uh, we are – nearing the end here and i don't have much to say about the games because i don't know much about them yeah where you have cincy versus louisville in the fenway park wasabi fenway bowl first uh, ever cincinnati is plus two in the game and i'm going to pick them even though louisville's coach went to cincinnati 
and then Louisville hired Jeff Brom, and it's a weird dynamic. And I, I'm watching this game to see if any Cincinnati players transfer to Wisconsin after, where if there are some older guys that have a year or two left, they wanted to stay the course of the season, play the bowl game, and then follow Fickle, I'd be all in on that. That's why I'm watching. I feel like some of the Cincinnati guys have hit the portal already. Some have, like their center. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with um, – um, I, I need to catch up, so I'm going to be going – well, I don't want to – I oh, sort of, I should give an update. I still don't want to lose it here. You're up, Af- by, you're up by three or four. After Army-Navy, I'm up by three games. Yeah. I'm going to go Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, the next one is Troy, minus one and a half against UTSA, which is a, it's a ranked game. Tro- Troy's been good this year. The ranked, I couldn't, ranked in the college football playoff. Yes, exactly, which means nothing. You're right. Good point. Duluth, good point, Zach. The, the Duluth trading uh, cure bowl. In Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Where are you All- going? It's going to be a good game. Where are you going? I'm going to take Troy. I'm going to take Troy as well. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then the final one, and I, I know we'll be on the other side of this one, Florida versus Oregon State in the Las Vegas distribution of Las Vegas Bowl. For some reason, 13 days earlier than last year. Uh, the is standing next to the showgirls, I guarantee you, will not be as entertaining as Herman Edwards and Paul Christ. Because when they did it, first of all, would have been weird to think that neither of those two would have had a job come October. Both fired. And, like, the picture that you took, Zach, is just epic. I don't think uh, Billy Napier and whoever Oregon State's coach is will live up to that. No. But it's the Vegas Bowl. What happens in Vegas stays there. I'm taking Oregon State minus 10. I'm going to take Florida. Uh, The Anthony Richardson list Florida. Gators. Literally know nothing about the game. Yeah. Well, that's what bowl season is. Just throw darts at a board and hope they hit. Yeah. So I didn't didn't even know Anthony Rich wasn't playing. All right. Uh, (laughs) Well, he he declared for the draft. Oh. Um, I I think I told you that. Probably. Because Graham Mertz is down there looking. Probably. So, uh, we will update on the Graham Mertz situation as we learn more about it. But Wisconsin-Lehigh coming up tonight. Hope, Hope we get a resounding win. We will be back, Zach, on Tuesday to break down that game, break down what happens over the weekend, talk more about the bowl, the bowl season storylines, what we learn, what happens on the recruiting trail. Big recruiting weekend for the Badgers, a lot of visits. So maybe we'll see some more commitments come down the line. Uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging on. We are live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Come on by, find a Monks location across the state. Hit it up for Packers game day coming up on Monday night. We will talk to you Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Kenny and Heilprint, on demand at madcitysportszone.com.